Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny V. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 35,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been living with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm Uh. feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to another episode of the Words and Nerds podcast. Danny V here bringing you more book love. And today I'm super excited to welcome Fiona Robertson, Andrew Roth. Fiona Robertson is a writer and a doctor, which is fairly impressive. Her short fiction has been published in literary magazines and anthologies in Australia and the UK and has been shortlisted for international competitions. Her collection of stories, If You're Happy, which is the book we're going to talk about today, won the Glenn Darrow Award for an emerging Queensland writer at the 2020 Queensland Literary Awards. Welcome, Fiona. That's very impressive. Thank you, Danny. It's very exciting to be on this podcast, which I've been listening to for ages. Oh, I love hearing that. And I love um, having people on that I've watched their journey as well, you know, because we've seen you on social media and then you've got this beautiful book out. And then whenever I see someone who I've been, you know, looking at at social media and then they have a book, I'm like, I have to speak to them because it's this whole sort of, you know, leading up to this journey. So it's lovely to have you. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. And today we also have Andrew Roth, winner of the 2021 Griffith Review Emerging Voices Competition, the 2020 Peter Carey Short Story Award and the 2018 Margaret River Press Short Story Competition. Also very impressive. In 2016, he was shortlisted for the Wakefield Press Unpublished Manuscript Award at the Adelaide Festival Awards for Literature. And we're going to talk today about the teeth of a slow machine. Welcome, Andrew. Is there an award you haven't been shortlisted for? Oh, look, uh, <laughs> thanks for that <laughs> intro, Denny. Um, uh, yes, that's my very modest bio that I put uh, on page one of, of the book. So, uh, but yeah, no, very, very happy to be should. here. And, As you um, should. Uh, if there's an award for self-promotion, maybe I'll uh, I'll pick that one up. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I think there's this thing, though, I'm going to go right off track straight away. I always say I throw away my questions. I've done it already. But I think there's this sort of culture we have in Australia where it's not okay or it's looked down upon to celebrate yourself and your achievements. And obviously other countries who shall remain neighbourless don't sort of (laughs) operate in that way. And you just think, I think it's okay to be proud of your achievements. It's probably not okay to say, look, I've written a masterpiece and I'm Shakespeare, but I think it's okay to celebrate your own work. Would you agree? Yeah, I think it's it's, it's all about um, maybe how you frame it. Um, I think, you know, the publishing houses have marketing and publicity people to, to make it easier for them to brag on your behalf and, <laughs> and, that, and that helps as well. But um, but I think, you, you know, I was saying to someone the other day, um, I don't like to pretend that I've written an important book, but I'd like to think it's an interesting book and maybe maybe there's a subtlety in, in sort of, you know, how, how you talk up your you, you mm. work uh, without getting too big for your boots. So. Yeah, no, I like that. But I also think it's it's interesting that you say an important book, whereas I feel like books that are entertaining and interesting, they immediately get put in the, oh, I'm not an important book because I'm just for entertainment. But I feel like particularly in the last couple of years we've had where, you know, it's been quite awful for a lot of us and it's been quite uncertain and it's been quite stressful. 
I actually think, you know, those kind of books for entertainment and for joy and for, you know, just being interesting, I think they're actually the most important books now. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Danny, I wanted to just say about your issue of promotion. I actually saw a tweet from someone this morning saying, oh, my book's out in a week and then I promise I'll shut up. And I responded to that with something another author once said to me, which was that your book is really created by so many people. And yes, there is publicity, but it's a varied amount depending on the publishing house and their resources. So this person, I honestly can't remember who it was, said to me, you know, think about that. It's your duty to promote your book for everyone that contributed to your book. I really like that. Yeah, and that really resonated with me. And when I see a writer promoting their book, unless they're literally tweeting every hour or something. Hot tip, everyone, don't tweet every hour. (laughs) You know, but, like, if their book is about to come out or it's just come out and they're tweeting about it, who would, you know, begrudge anyone that? I certainly wouldn't. I don't think any other writers would either. It's Mm. something that's within us. Oh, we better keep quiet and be humble but if you've made a book surely you're allowed to at least for a few weeks say something about it you know yeah it's you're absolutely right and when you're a kid you do that you know you put everything on the fridge you draw pictures and you want them hung up everywhere and then all of a sudden you become an adult and you're like oh I made this book thing but just like but don't worry about it don't worry about it <laughs> it's okay it's okay but you're not going to stick it on the fridge I reckon you need to start obviously you can't stick a book on a fridge but the equivalent you know, stick yeah. it up in the house. Be proud. Yeah, no, I like that. Anyway, yeah. I've gotten completely off track, which is not unlike me. We haven't even gotten to your books yet. So what I really want to do is start with elevator pitches. So, Fiona, can you tell me, elevator pitch, if you're happy, hit me. What's it about? Okay, so it's a collection of 24 stories about people who are often lonely and frequently at crisis points striving for happiness in a turbulent world Mm, and turbulent includes weather Mm. and natural disasters as a bit of a theme that is a great elevator pitch can I say you've nailed that elevator pitch well I wrote it down (laughs) (laughs) see you should have just said yes thank you I know (laughs) sorry sorry yes I'm naturally articulate excellent (laughs) well done that's what this episode is going to be about okay just taking those compliments now I loved that and what I I really resonated with me because that's what we're all doing you know that's not just your book that's what we're doing every day sometimes we're lonely in a crowded room you know sometimes we're trying to find that joy and whether it's turbulence of weather or the people around you or what's happening or you know the pandemic whatever and I just found that every story you could kind of see yourself in it is that how you felt when you were writing it that's the biggest compliment I could get honestly um is that how I felt when I was writing it I think I most of the characters are not like me at all they're not my age or um they're not in living the kind of life that I'm living but yes I probably tap into an emotion that I've felt at some time in my life in almost every story Mm. And I think that's yeah. the most important thing. It's, it's the feeling, isn't it? It's not the age necessarily or the type of person they are. It's really about the feeling that you're conveying, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, I love that. Thank you. Andrew, let's go to you. The teeth of a slow machine. I felt like I was reading something out of Black Mirror. Oh, well, <laughs> thank you very much. That's a, <laughs> I, I don't mind that comparison. Yeah, look, they're, I, I wouldn't they're, um, mind they're it pretty, either. Uh, 
it, it, some of the stories are a bit wacky. Some of them are a little bit dark. Um, right. I'm waiting uh, for the Netflix offer. So me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any day now, I assume. Um, but yeah, look, ele elevated pictures. I think are, are pretty hard for a um, a, a collection of stories. Mm. Although Fiona just hit it out of the park, I must say, uh, <laughs> tough act to follow. But um, uh, yeah, look, uh, you know, you sort of come up with the the elevator pitch almost retrospectively when you have mm, your collection. Yeah. So, so my collection, um, seventeen short stories, and and I think the common thread is um, they're about um, people trying to live with or within um, systems, machines, strictures. Um, you, you know, as as we all are, we're all ensnared in, in in some way or another. Whether it be you know the demands of our own bodies, family ties, capitalism, climate change. Um, you know, we're all subject to systems, but that doesn't mean that we can't strive to find happiness and meaning within those systems. Um, and so I think the, the characters in the stories are experimenting to try and find out, um, you know, how they should live. Uh, and some are successful and some are not so successful. Mm, and that is also a great elevator pitch. No, I really, <laughs> like, I really like that. But, yeah, it also felt kind of a little bit, like you said, dark, a little bit wacky at times too, which I really I enjoyed. Yeah, you've got to have a bit of light and shade, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I feel like delving into your brain, Andrew, is a bit terrifying, but that's a whole other episode, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a, more of a psychotherapy kind mm, of uh, yeah. podcast, I think. That'll, yeah. be it. That'll be the next, the follow-up episode to this, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, I want to know, we'll start with you, Fiona. Writing short stories is very different to writing a novel. You need 90,000 words, your character arc, this long story. Short stories are a really different beast because they have to obviously be engaging, but they're, you know, you don't have the length to delve into the characters as much as you would with a novel. But, you know, you've both done a really good job at getting us to care about the people who are in the stories and wanting us to get to the end to see what happens. So what's the secret for you writing a short story? I think you have to use a kind of shorthand to show what characters are like and to reveal the story you know you can't there can't be any words to spare so you do have to be quite subtle and just drop in details you don't have the words to explain too much I think that's one of the things I really love about short stories a lot is left unsaid and unexplained and the reader fills in the gaps Mm, yeah, I love that. And you do as a reader. And especially if you read a lot, you're able to fill in those gaps yourself. And it's interesting because I think if readers are filling in the gaps, every reader is getting a little bit of a different story. And how cool is that? Absolutely. <laughs> it's like a choose your own adventure. Remember those? <laughs> I do. I used to read them. I used to love them. And then I used to always die too early and then just go back and pretend I didn't go yeah, to that adventure and again. choose the next one. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, what is the secret to writing short stories? Yeah, well, well maybe just to, to add to what Fiona said, I think the, um, you know, definitely making the reader do a little bit of work um, is, is important in a, in a short story and, and, and also that idea of having um, negative space where the reader gets to imagine um, and fill in the, the blanks and being quite deliberate about um, what you say and, and what you imply and what you leave completely ambiguous mm. um, I think that's um, you know a big part of the job of finessing um, your, your first draft of a short story into into something that's really polished and uh, and that 
that is ready for um, for for other people to see is um, you know you, you might start out with a, a, a five thousand word first draft and and um, you, you'll have this sense that it, it probably should be a really tight three thousand word story um, and how you get there is the the real craft of of the short story I think mm, I think so too now just following on to that a little bit when you said negative space I really like the idea of the negative space have you come across readers who have had completely different experiences reading the same story yeah look I think um uh often uh, I've found that readers of my stories have a lot of questions (laughs) at the end end, um which hopefully doesn't mean I'm a, a bad communicator or a bad writer but um but I I do like to leave a lot of ambiguity particularly around the endings of my stories um and I'd I'd like to think that that different readers have different reactions to the same story um and and I have had you know, experiences with stories where some some people say that was a that was a really hopeful story, and other people say that was that was a bit bleak, wasn't it? You know, so uh, wow, I love yeah. that complete opposite readings, and mm. I think that that comes down so much to your own context and your own mood when you're reading. Absolutely, you know how you then frame and shape uh, the book because you know when you you're going through something terrible or going through something a little bit more joyful, you see the world differently. So I imagine you read books differently as well. Yeah. Fiona, what about you? Have you had people, to your knowledge, read the same story in a very different way? I don't remember anything specific, although I do sometimes people have said to me, oh, he's he's a horrible character, isn't he? And then someone else has said, oh, that poor man. Oh, I love About that. the same character. So, Wow. Um, can, I, yeah. can I just hijack um, just quickly to say that um, I, I love Fiona's. I love Fiona's writing. Um, but what you know, one of the things I really love um, about Fiona's writing is there's there's so much empathy in her stories, um, even for for pretty troubled um, and and pretty you know, on one view, ugly characters. Um, yeah. uh, and um, I think you know one of my favourite writers, Stephen Donaldson, said. Um, you know, I want all of my characters to have dignity, mm. um, you know, even the villains, even the people who only show up for a page and then you never see them again. I, I want everyone to have dignity. And I, I, I think Fiona does that, you know, really beautifully in, in her stories. Thank so, you, Andrew. Yeah. That's so lovely. Yeah, I love that. And I like the idea of even if you are a villain in this story, you know, you're the hero in your own story. And so, <laughs> you know, bringing that in, you know, that empathy and that other story is really interesting, I think, because villains are interesting. They're not always great people or characters but they're interesting because you you, it's interesting to see how they got to where they are so yeah I love that I love that about Fiona's writing too actually now here's a controversial question I'll start with you this time Andrew I know your book's your baby and I know all your stories must be your little babies but do you have a favorite Ooh, look um there there are probably some stories that came more easily and some stories that came um a bit a bit harder um and I think the ones that um, that really just flow out of you at you know at, at six a.m. or at midnight, or or you wake up and you, you you're writing notes in your phone, um, uh, you know they're the ones that um, that are probably you know I, I think most fondly about. Um, <laughs> and which but, ones are they? Which one came really easily to you? Um, look, I think uh, there's a story um, 
called uh, there's well it's a story about a, a couple who um, paint a line down the middle of their house and they each stick to their own half of the house as a way of sort of avoiding um, the, the the breakdown of their relationship. Um, I've read that. Uh, one. And, That's been published um, somewhere, hasn't it, Andrew? Yeah, I think that was in uh, Veranda yeah. magazine, maybe. Um, and uh, that, that's called a house divided, um, and that one I think you know came out in a in a single session pretty pretty quickly. So um, yeah, that's 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 a that's a favourite of mine. You've that heard it here first. Read. It is. You've heard it here first, listeners. Marriage advice from Andrew Roth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paint that white line in the middle for a you lasting relationship. You can't fight if you never speak to each other. So it's uh, true. Yeah, okay. Do you get to have? Is there a space we get to have little hugs over the line? <laughs> there should be. There should be a, a bit of uh, neutral territory in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I love that, and that is definitely a Black Mirror episode. You heard it here first, Fiona. What about you? Do you have a little favorite baby? I've been asked this recently, and I really find it hard because you like stories for different reasons yeah, like there's some you think are better stories there I did answer it at my book launch I answered there's one called one Sunday afternoon about a young Australian veteran who's been to Afghanistan and my brother has been to Afghanistan twice so there's an emotional connection there mm -hmm. even though this story is completely fictional um, but there's another one as well that I guess I have an emotional connection with the one called Birthday Wishes about the older lady because a friend of mine told me the story. She has a parent with dementia and she told me the story of the parent with dementia looking at birthday balloons at a mm. birthday celebration and going, oh, is it somebody's birthday? And it was her own birthday mm. um and I remember my friend telling me that story and me just being oh you know in the chest um and then I asked I kept thinking about it and I think I even started writing a story based on it and then I asked her if I could because that line of dialogue was so specific mm -hmm. and recognizable for her even if no one else knew um so Probably at the moment that's one, but it, I'm sure it will change. Yeah, no, but I like that too. They change and evolve. And, again, depending on, you know, where you are and what you're doing in your life. So I think that's yeah. entirely valid. I love that. Now, if you have listened to the podcast, Fiona, as you said, you have for a long time. You'll be expecting I, I really expect, truly have. You will expect this question. Have you written this down too? Have you written the answer to this question No, down I haven't. <laughs> Fiona, why do you write? Okay. I think at first I used to write, and I do still write to explore other people's worlds, like to walk in someone else's shoes, to think about what it would be like to be 85 or what it would be like to be, you know, all the situations in all the stories. But I think now that I've been doing, I've been writing longer, I love the thing that I love the most is when I get, into a story and the story takes on a life of its own and things just start happening it's so exciting it's such a buzz because when I first started writing I would make things happen I would make the characters walk there and then go oh I know what's going to happen now I will make a car come along and hit that person you know whereas now it just seems once you get into a story enough and you know your characters a bit, they just start doing stuff. I know that sounds really 
stupid. And no, not at all. It's like a more organic process, I guess, because you might have refined your skills. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I know how to get into that kind of dream space or that tap into imagination a bit more than yeah. I used to. So I really love that. But of course, I also love to connect with people. And if someone like you saying that you could relate to the stories, that's huge. That is another great reason. So sorry, I've given you about seven reasons. I think <laughs> That's great. That's all we want. Andrew, why do you write? Uh, well, I think when I started writing in earnest about sort of six or seven years ago, um, it was definitely as a, as a creative outlet. I was working at a pretty boring office job. I'm a <laughs> corporate lawyer, so, uh, you know, not, not too much uh, creativity in, uh, in, in some of that. So um, uh, it was good to come home and, uh, and, and do something with a different side of my brain. Uh, and I was probably looking for a bit of, you know, meaning, meaning in my life as well. Um, but uh, more recently, um, with two uh, very young kids, um, uh, I don't have to look as hard for, for meaning, and I don't have any time to look for meaning anymore. So, so it's <laughs> no probably, time for meaning. Sorry, it's probably, probably changed uh, a, a bit. But I think these days, um, you know, I'm, I, I almost feel compelled to write. Um, and it sort of it feels to me like a, a form of, you know, meditation. Um, there's a sort of, you know, concept in meditation that you're you're not your thoughts, you're the, you're the person who's kind of observing your thoughts coming and going in your brain. Um, and, and writing feels a lot like that to me. It's, you know, if I've, if I've got an anxiety or something I don't understand, um, you know, I can, I can pick that up and examine it from a whole bunch of different angles in a short story. Um, and, you know, at the end of that process, um, if, if, if I'm very lucky, um, you know, I, I might have a good story, but I also, you know, feel a bit better about, you know, whatever it is I've been, been examining through the, through the story. Mm, I love that. Now we know where all the darkness comes from, Andrew, the whole <laughs> yeah. corporate lawyer thing. No, just yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here with a corporate lawyer and a doctor and writers. Very impressive, people. I'm glad I didn't know this at the beginning. I would have been very intimidated. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Fiona, Fiona brings the humanity and I bring the cynicism. So, you know, it's a good, we're a good team. It's a good yeah. match. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Well, thank you so much, both of you. I just loved both of your books and I just felt actually the way I read it, I did it. You know, I think they call it the scattergun effect. You know, I'd read one of yours, Andrew, then I'd read one of yours, Fiona, until I forgot whose stories I was reading. Um, but it was a really cool experience because you just kept getting inside these different characters' heads and inside, you know, what I think is your heads as well. But it was really enjoyable stories, really different. But, you know, it was really enjoyable reading two books of a short story, you know, collection because it was really interesting to go back and forth between, you know, the little stories and the characters and um, all the different things that you bring to them. And I just love short stories because I actually think they're really hard. You know, I think it's one of those underrated things that people are like, oh, it's a short story, but I think there's a lot of technique and skill to that. So you made it very enjoyable to read. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your secrets with us and sharing um, the reasons you write. Thank you so much, Danny. I so appreciate everything you do for Australian writers and for us tonight. So thanks for having me and Andrew. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Danny. It's been um, it's been great to chat, and um, it's good to um, have a bit of representation for uh, short story writers. So, um, yeah, really appreciate it.
The Words and Nerds Universe content is created by many talented people. We have the usual episodes and live streams hosted by me, Danny B. There are three regular spin-offs, the popular Burgers, Beers and Books hosted by Ben Hobson, the regular Takeover hosted by Nathan J. Phillips, and a different page hosted by Josie Layton. Check the Words and Nerds website for more details. We also have Takeover episodes where an author interviews another author and they take the conversation wherever they like. Throughout the year, we also have short spin-offs like the Summer Series Takeover, the NaNoWriMo Series and the Publishing Insider Series. You can find all of these episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. You'll also find us on social media on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, Danny B Books, Words and Nerds Podcast. Stay safe and read more books.